live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that we refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for March 24th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law that I am, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Quickly, a recap of yesterday's show. Sorry about that. It was a hard-hitting show, I might add. Four people on the radio, Sam Kurt, Dr. Scott Bradley, and Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Dr. Scott Bradley's website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Kurt Crosby's website, localhoneyman.com. And we talked about Senator Rand Paul tested positive for the coronavirus. He's feeling fine. He's in quarantine, writes Joe Kovacs. Good work. Our prayers are with him. His father sent out an email, too, saying his son is doing fine. But my golly, says Ron Paul, we're sure losing a lot of liberties over this. And he's very concerned that I would concur with Dr. Ron Paul. Dr. Rand Paul, I'm glad he's doing well because I know he had some lung surgery, lost part of his lung due to the attack that his neighbor uh, committed against him, uh, which is a sad tale to tell. Um, uh, Nancy Pelosi's daughter says, hey, the neighbor was right to attack Rand Paul. What is she offer, rocker folks? We're not right to attack anyone. What a disgrace. What a shame. Senators Romney and Senator Mike Lee in quarantine after potential exposure to COVID-19 because they were sitting near Rand Paul. I'm definitely going to get it. We all are. That's what the New Jersey's top health official claims as she leads the state's coronavirus war. I pray we don't all get it, folks. But if we do, I suspect it won't be the end of the world for most of us. Newsom threatening martial law as California begins taking over hospitals. The Department of Justice wants to suspend constitutional rights for the coronavirus emergency, says Rolling Stone. Coronavirus hysteria. The governmental response to the COVID-19 issue is way overblown. The most glaring error, ladies and gentlemen, is the claim that COVID-19 is more deadly than the seasonal flu. This is false. You want to prove it? Say some doctors that are willing to stand up. Put COVID-19 deaths and flu seasonal deaths up side by side, and you'll see. What's the rub? Why the difference? Why doesn't it make sense to us? Because they're comparing confirmed cases to suspected or projected cases. And it's not a fair comparison at all. They're not comparing apples to apples. By the way, has the coronavirus been turned into a bioweapon? Whose fingerprints are on the coronavirus? Incredible article written by WND.com basically saying, hey, Australia, China, and the United States, all three have their fingers on taking a natural virus and weaponizing it. Senate Intelligence Committee Chair, I guess, dumped $1.5 million after coronavirus stock briefings. They all had a head up, heads up on this before we did, and uh, some senators and congressmen took advantage of it.
and got wealthy on the insider trading news, huh? Hour two, we continue the broadcast with all four of us. Trump activates National Guard in three states. Doctor in Italy says we no longer help those over 60. Whoa. Coronavirus defense. Bill Sardi wrote the piece talking about, you know what? Sunlight, warmth, fresh air, vitamins and minerals make a huge difference in recovery. Utah's public health order. We talked about that a little bit. The governor kind of overreaching and ordering too much about not gathering and then backing off and saying, okay, there's no penalties. I appreciate the back off. Can the government restrict travel to protect public health or is that going too far? Can the government legally set up a quarantine? Uh, Then we talked about some cases in the United States, which I'll forego because I have a better update for all that coming up here in just a second. So that's the recap of yesterday's show. It was a two-hour great broadcast. And really the whole point is the government's reaching too far on this, folks. I get that there's the coronavirus. And I get that it's very deadly and it transmits, um, you know, it's very viral, so to speak. I get it. It's a serious, serious threat and nothing to joke about. But at the same time, are we going to ruin the economy on top of it all? You know, you want to end up with no job because we've trashed the economy and the virus? That would be the worst outcome, wouldn't it? Would you rather have your job and get the virus? Would you rather, rather um, you know, maybe avoid the virus and lose your job? You know, wh- where do you stand was kind of the focus in the question. I personally would rather get the virus and keep my job because there's a 95% chance I won't even get super sick. 80 plus chance I won't even hardly feel the symptoms. There's a new article out too that that's saying, um, you know, what if you get the coronavirus? There's an 80 plus chance you won't even know it. 80 plus percent chance, I should say, you won't even know it. We also talked about the executive order where Donald Trump is literally doubling down and starting to take over the whole economy regarding uh, coronavirus. And it's a bridge too far is the point. Uh, Kirk Cosby, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. News the network refused to use starts now. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Shane. All right. So Scott Bradley sent uh, over to Kurt the executive order that uh, he was talking about yesterday. Did you get a chance to read that, Kurt? What did you think of that? Well, I'm sure it's as uh, Scott uh, said, and, uh, you know, it's um, amazing to me to see, uh, well, the amount of government we need to get rid of instead of uh, embrace. Did you did you read the order? Because I know I you were looking into all the different executive orders and you were looking that up feverishly yeah. yesterday. So you can study that, mm-hmm. and, you know, have Very a good, good time with that. I, I'm kind of of the opinion that, you know, I don't even really believe in executive orders. What I mean by that is I get that, you know, if you need toilet paper in the White House, you can order somebody to go get it and stuff. I mean, I'm not saying you can't have some executive orders within your own department, but I, I really reject the notion that you can make law or change law or enact provisions of laws or whatever you want to say just by your, quote, edict or order. I'm really against that. And I know presidents have done it for a long time, and Donald's not doing anything new from that point of view. I get it, but I reject the... the um, circumventing of the separation of powers that it entails. Uh, And it's very, very concerning to me. And Donald's doing some of this. And I I just hope President Trump doesn't go too far. You know, our goal is not to be critical of President Trump. At the same time, if there is a window where maybe President Trump went a little too far 
and maybe he can back off on going too far. And that's the reason that we would bring it up. We wouldn't bring it up to attack anybody. would bring it up to highlight the constitutional separation of powers that really should be insisted upon by the people. And we also do it to highlight if President Trump has gone a little too far. Hey, the Utah governor went a little too far, and several of us pushed back some, and he backed off some. He said, hey, you know what? The recommendation for people to, to you know, meet in less than 10 and to, to you know, do certain things, uh, there was going to be some penalties and some fines and some whatever. And then he backed off on the penalties and said, you know what? I really want you guys to know this is serious. We really need to do this. As the governor, I'm setting forth these guidelines, but I'm getting rid of the penalties. And so I appreciate the governor backing off. And that's exactly what I think government officials need to do. Let me give you some updated statistics of where we are on the coronavirus. World coronavirus cases, 381,000 plus. You got about 16,500 deaths in the world so far, Kurt. 381,000 cases, 16,500 deaths worldwide so far. The coronavirus update for the United States. They've identified more than 43,000 cases and more than 500 deaths. In Utah, 257 cases and one death. In all, in Utah, 5,048 people have been tested. So think about it, over 5,000 tested, 257 cases and one death. So you're not even close to 10%. You're like 5% even have the virus that have been tested. And if you're only at one death out of 5,000 plus, what percent's that, you know? 500's 10%, 50's 1%. One is what? I don't know. It's off the charts low. So our, our, our response to this is very extreme. Now, Steve Nutchen, or Nutchen, however you say that guy's name, he's the, quote, financial czar for the tunnel. He hopes deal is very close. On now they're talking about a $2 trillion coronavirus aid package in the Senate, according to Reuters. He hopes it passes quickly. $2 trillion bill, Kurt. Have we ever seen one of those in our lifetimes? All right. We'll get Kurt back in a minute here. That's out well, of control. Well, I mean, we get a, uh, I mean, the budget's like $4 trillion, I think, yearly. Uh, but anyway, a $2 trillion is just a drop in the bucket, Sam. All right. I think it's out of control. Kurt thinks it's nothing. So there you have that. I think it's just completely extreme, completely out of control. I'd like to go through with a pen and decide what's going to what for this budget. Most of it's flat out the redistribution of wealth and blatant socialism. And the Democrats are stopping it right now. And the Republicans are mad at the Democrats for stopping the socialism. Two trillion dollar budget plan, Kurt, or two trillion dollar coronavirus plan well from what i heard what they're mad about the republicans and you know this is all depends on who you listen to and who you watch or whatever is uh they're mad because they're uh, adding a whole bunch of things that the quote republicans don't feel like that should be in there you know like um updating the solar packages and you know getting all the uh yeah republicans uh, do that all the time airport, too. airplanes oh really okay very don't good. they All right, let's talk about it. Hold on. Liberty Roundtable Live. I'm saying $2 trillion bills are completely out of control. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? 
Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. All right, so we're talking about a $2 trillion bill in the Senate, ladies and gentlemen. There's a battle. Many are critical of the Democrats for stopping the bill. Okay, well, here's the problem. How many pages is the bill, Kurt? Do you have any idea? I think it's 1,200 as far as I hear. All right, a 1,200-page bill that I don't know anybody's read. Now, what's in the bill? Do you have any idea? Well, I'm just telling you what I've heard. I, I mean, like you say, I haven't read the bill or anything like well, that. Well, okay, but, what have you um, heard in the bill, Kerry? What they've told me uh, is uh, you've got a bunch of things like um, if the airlines accept, you know, their stuff, they have to be carbon neutral after a certain, you know, number yeah. of years or so whatever. So here's the question for um, If they yes, accept sir. what, Kurt? The government cash. Okay, so the Republicans want government cash to go to the airlines. Is that right? The argument from the Republicans uh, that I've heard is that since they've uh, basically been told they have to, you know, shut down and curtail a lot of their business, you know, uh, with not going, bring customers here, taking them there. Yeah. That that's the reason they would. Uh, so let's let's back up then. Who told them that? Who's mandating that? As far as I can tell, you got that from a lot of different governments, Sam. Yeah, we're talking about the United States, though, Kurt, right? We're not talking about money and the battle being over a variety of governments, are we? Well, I mean... What what I mean is you're broadening the picture to the the, world. We're we're talking about the United States... Sure, they but the fly, airlines, they you know. serve the world as well as they serve here in America. Yeah. You know? So are we responsible and, uh, for what other governments tell them or no? Well, as far as um, the 
uh, airlines, I don't know that we're responsible for what other governments tell so them. So if but, the Philippines um, say you can't fly you, here, airlines, we're going to give them money mm-hmm. for that? Well, um, at least the argument has been that these are part of the economy that, um, you know, people need or whatever. Um, I think that most of the time and what you'd see if you let these things, um, you know, work themselves out is that you'd see, um, I guess you could say, a more robust uh, airlines. You wouldn't see them doing all the maybe the pork and that kind of thing. Uh, there's some parts in there that says they don't want the airlines to use or any other businesses to use uh, the money to repurchase like some of their stock and different things like that. I don't know how that all works, but I guess well, so the stock's the down if they buy it. You go ahead, sir. Who's wanting the, the money to go to who? I mean, who's wanting to, you know, put money into the airlines? I'm not. Are you? Well, like I said, uh, I thought we were talking about the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. Well, what we're talking you know, about I, is the difference to the Democrats and Republicans in a second. We're first trying to create a baseline of what we're discussing, right? And we're discussing money going to the airlines, just in the instance that you gave, the example that you gave. And this bill's 1,200 pages of giving to all kinds of groups, so any group you want to pick is fine for the discussion. But everybody, at least in government, is wanting to give money to the airlines. And the idea is that they have the authority to do this, and it's necessary because of the economic meltdown that, and then I kind of tried to find out who created, and you're saying governments of the world created. And I agree. But so the question becomes, they're all wanting to give government money to the airlines, right? All they're debating about is if you give government money to the airlines, what restrictions or control or regulations or guidance or forced line items or whatever you can and can't do if you take the money. And we're just talking about the Republican way or the Democrat way of how much controls you're going to put on it, right? I think that's right. I, I'm just telling you the things I've heard. I mean, like I say, I haven't seen the yeah, bill. Yes, so the Republicans and, are mad because the Democrats I are adding pork bill. to the bill, right? And regulations and guidelines that they don't like. Well, you could say they're trying to add more pork to the porky bill, but um, it's kind of hard to say, you know. It seems yeah, like and I guess I'm saying, money, are they adding but... more pork than the, Demo- than the Republicans are? You know, I, what, what I'm saying depends is... depends on how you define that, you know. You know, I don't know I who's suppose. doing what, really. Here's what I know. They got a $2 yeah. trillion dollar bill on the table. And I'm not debating who's in the right, because I see that 90% of this bill is all in the wrong. 90% of this bill is socialism, redistribution of wealth, uh, based on an emergency. Now, I don't know what else is in the bill. I'm just saying 90% because I haven't read the whole thing. It's 1,200 pages. I can't read it. I can't get a copy. I don't know that anybody's read it. Hardly, right? And I look at the whole thing and I'm well, saying... Well, if you read it, if you get if you get it, at least from what I've seen, say you get the House version or you get the Senate version. Yeah, it's changed you, even you after know, I get a copy. Uh, yeah, that's right. And and, and uh, it all depends on, uh, you know, the little paragraphs that will have like these... Um, footnotes or whatever and then you got to follow that and see what that yeah, means. it's impossible and, for me to get a handle I mean, on. it's just but in the end of the day not the one page at a time bill you know in the end of the day uh, i can say this you got a two trillion dollar bill out there you're gonna vote for it or against it if you're a representative kurt 
Well, I'm not a representative, uh, and I wouldn't vote for it, but, uh, you know, what you've got right now is the, uh, you know, Republicans are trying to say that the Democrats are evil because of their uh, trying to add all these things they want to get from all their uh, constituents, whether it's the abortion crowd or the, you know, environmentalist crowd or whatever they're they're trying to get their stuff so they can, you know, like yes. part of it I've heard is uh, $10,000 to any student loan debt that anybody has. And yes. so then that would give them votes from the students. Um, and I'm just you know, making but, the point like that Republicans say, never do that stuff. I've heard. No, I didn't say that. I simply said I was trying to tell you the things that I've heard from the Democrats and then, I mean, from the Republicans when they're complaining about it. And then the Democrats are saying that, um, I don't know, I haven't heard the Democrats saying that there's, the Republicans aren't doing enough. They just want to do some other things, you know? Yeah. So all I'm saying is that, hey, the Democrats right now are stopping the bill from going through, right? Now it's for the wrong reasons. I'll go there. Well, that's what they say. It's like 49 to 47. And I was kind of like, wait a minute. I thought there was 100 senators. That's and then they right. say they got to get 60 votes. Right. And I'm so thinking, we play this closer game to get line. Just like 51, you know. Well, I that's mean, if you don't follow that majority rule thing they've fallen for the lie for. And that's why I say I don't believe the, the Republicans blaming on the Democrats is the problem at all. In fact, I think that's nothing but a smokescreen is my whole point. You know, we want to blame it on the Democrats. Well, the Democrats are stopping the bill, and I don't want this $2 trillion bill to go through anyway, Kurt, at all. I think it's a sham. I think it's a dishonest, well, immoral have scam. have your wish, it looks like. Well, no. What they'll do is they'll just beat each other over the head until they eventually get a bill that's just bad for everybody. They'll, you know, if the, if the Democrats put in a thousand line items of pork that the Republicans don't want, the Republicans will whittle it down to 500 and then still push it through. So we'll all be abused. They'll push this through. They'll quibble and fight and squander and do whatever they do. But in the end of the day, they'll do something to make everybody happy, except for those who want to obey the supreme law of our land. That's what they'll do for sure. So I'm not excited about the reasons the Democrats are stopping the bill, but I am excited that it's already not passed and signed. It's a two trillion dollar bill that's flat out full of socialism and fascism. And redistribution of wealth is the whole core of the $2 trillion spend. Steal money from Sam's wallet to give to the airlines. Well, don't worry. To make Sam feel good about the massive belligerent spend, give Sam back $1,200 and put him over a barrel economically uh, by shutting his businesses down or everybody that he lives with and does business with to the point where he has to take the check and force him into socialism, too. I mean, as I look at this all the way around, it's disaster. And so I stand completely against the bill. I'm not a representative or a senator, uh, but if I were, I'd vote against it. And I'm going to encourage my House members and Senate members that represent me to vote against it. If they represent me, I need to encourage them to vote against it. Now, Donald Trump is starting to come to his senses a little bit on some of this stuff, which I'm certainly grateful to see. Donald Trump, president of the United States, says we can't let the cure be worse than the problem itself. He's right as rain curtain. He's being attacked for that statement. I think he's right. I commend him. I like it. Yeah. President Trump also says U.S. economy could reopen in weeks, not months. And now they're criticizing him for that, too, saying, oh, if you open too early, everybody's going to die, Kurt. Mm, I don't 
think everybody's going to die. Soon. I agree with you, you know, but if, I'm telling you that's the fear If you shut monitor. everything down, everything, everybody's going to be affected too. You know? You're right, and that's why I commend President Trump for going, wait a minute, you know what? I get what we've done, and it's been necessary maybe, um, but we've gone too far, and we've got to back off in a hurry, or else we're going to create another problem. The cure is going to be worse than the problem itself, and I think President Trump is spot on on this point. Hey, Kurt, I guess you were supposed to file for the elections. Candidates running for federal, state, and local office spent the last week, about a week ago, uh, filing. Did you file? No, I didn't, Sam. Oh, you didn't file this year? Kurt's not even running for anything, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. All right. I just thought I'd check. Hold on, folks. Pursuing liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. After a bipartisan deal came out of the U.S. House late last week, only to fall apart when it reached the Senate, now congressional leaders and White House officials say they are ready to close in on a deal on a coronavirus relief package. They say that negotiations late yesterday on a $2 trillion arrangement will lead to a successful vote perhaps this evening. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and the Treasury Chief Steve Mnuchin both saying they were on the phone with President Trump during the negotiations, and they both both agree that a deal is now within reach. Earlier yesterday, Schumer and other top Democrats were calling the package as it had been designed a large corporate bailout with no protections for workers and virtually no oversight. The U.S. now cutting a billion dollars in aid to Afghanistan because of the failure of a peace plan with the Taliban. This is USA Radio News. Maybe you could relate to this. A lot of people think they're stuck with their health plan. It costs too much or for whatever reason, they just don't like it. But great news. You are not stuck with it. There is a choice. It's called MediShare and you could save so much. The typical savings for a family is 500 bucks a month. Major difference maker. This is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And just to give you a little more info about MediShare, it's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's worked beautifully for 26 years, has more than 400,000 members, and they've shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So, yes, they can help share your needs, too. So you're not stuck. There's an excellent alternative. Whether you're single or married, you got a family, MediShare is super flexible. You can choose an option that works for you and start saving lots of money. You can join anytime. They're great to talk to. No pressure. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. President Trump trying to reassure Americans in the face of the coronavirus outbreak. I want Americans to know that we will get through this challenge. The hardship will end. It will end soon. Normal life will return and our economy will rebound very, very strongly. President Trump speaking at the daily coronavirus briefing at the White House, making the point that America was not built to be shut down. But right now, in the midst of this great national trial, Americans must remain united in purpose and focused on victory. To every single American, please know that the sacrifice you're making at this time is saving lives. That report filed by USA Radio Robin Walensky. Severe thunderstorms are expected to pound much of the south today with heavy rain through this evening from eastern Arkansas to Tennessee, northern Mississippi, northern Alabama, and parts of Georgia. And there could be some tornadoes. This is USA Radio News. 
Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. Donald Trump says the U.S. economy could open in weeks, not months. Everybody's been critical of that. Shame on them. Donald Trump says we can't have the cure be worse than the problem itself. Amen, President Trump. Couldn't agree with you more, sir. Again, I don't want anybody to be harmed. I just know you got colliding issues. There's no good answer. And how do you balance things in the most effective way? And the answer is, in my personal opinion, to let the Constitution be the supreme law of the land. Obey it. To turn to God in humble prayer and repentance. And then to do our very best to take care of each other naturally. The recommendations to practice the social distancing and the you know, re- re- general idea to have less people going places and doing things together and less big events. You know, there's a lot of good advice there. But to create mandates and lockdowns and take it too far, hey, we better back out of that or we're going to have in, add insult to injury is the point. And President Trump is highlighting this truth. Good for him. Kurt, Dateline Chicago Catholic got, Church. Yes, sir. Just a quick uh, sure. update there. I did find some more detail, according to World Net Daily, on uh, some of the things in there uh, that they have not been able to agree on. Um, World Net Daily says, along with increased fuel emission standards for airlines, Democrats are seeking... Um, seeking uh, unprecedented collective bargaining powers for unions and expanded wind and solar tax credits. Uh, uh, let's and you see, love Senator those Cotton. Guys, right, um, well, I don't think that's a good idea, Sam, no, okay. um, because it messes up. Uh, and so here's the know, problem. The, the problem, the socialists more. are mad at the socialists for being too socialist, Kurt. Yeah, that's right. But they say they're not a socialist. Senator right. Tom Cotton, a Republican of Arkansas, he confirmed on Twitter um, that Pelosi and Schumer are, quote, willing to risk your life, your job, your retirement savings for a radical left wing wish list that has nothing to do with this virus. Disgraceful. Um, you know, um, of course. But see, what does have to do with this virus? Does it have anything to do with this virus to steal my money and rape my wallet and and, uh, redistribute the wealth, Kurt? Um, Let's see, Sam. Um, I I don't know, Sam. I don't think so. See, I don't see how the Republicans think they have a leg to stand on on this. Here's the thing. It's like me and you are going to, you know, beat up somebody and take their wallet by the force of government gun and steal all their money. And then when we're done stealing all the money, Kurt wants to spend it on things that I don't think he should. And so I'm going to be like, Kurt, you're the bad guy here. You're spending all this money on things that you shouldn't spend it on. And I'm saying, well, you know what? <laughs> you can't steal the money in the first place, Kurt. You've already committed the crime. All we're talking about is adding insult to injury on the crime now. Hey, we already stole your money to the tune of $2 trillion. We're going to borrow it, create it out of thin air and lie about it or steal it, whatever words you want to choose. Create it out of thin air by fraud or steal it because the American people are on the hook for it. And then we're going to debate about how we spend it. So that was what uh, one Republican had to say that Tom Cotton. Here's yeah, he's what, holding the uh, moral high ground. Schumer, 
Well, I mean, you know, it kind of depends on your definition of moral. Uh, Schumer uh, said this, uh, that he had some serious problems with the bill Leader McConnell laid down. Uh, quote, huge amounts of corporate bailout funds without okay, so let me restrictions. Stop you there. So they're just debating oversight. on who gets to spend it their way. That's yeah. what I was saying at the start, you right? You wouldn't even know, Schumer continues, who is getting the money. Not enough money for hospitals, nurses, PPE, I don't know what PPE is, uh, masks, all the health care needs, no money for state and local government, many of whom would go broke, many other things the Democratic leader said. Um, anyway. So, yeah, so all we're, like I said at the start, we're just debating who gets to spend their money their way. Whose light on them we likes? What the Republicans would say is, hey, money for nurses and doctors and hospitals is justifiable money, Kurt. And then those guys would say, yeah, but if we're going to give it to the airlines, then I want to have these restrictions on the airlines. And the Republicans are going, no way, that's a bad spending of the money. So they already beat us all up and stole our money, and now they're going to debate how they're going to spend it, and that's where the argument is. I'm saying they don't have the right to steal the money anyway. And I'm saying both of them are wrong. I can't agree with Schumer more than I can agree with, uh, what's that guy's name? McConnell? That was McConnell more than Schumer? Yeah, McConnell, yeah. The last two you were talking about was McConnell and Schumer, right? Majority and minority leaders, yeah. Yeah, okay, so I I can't agree with either of them. Can you, Kurt? Well, I mean, it's kind of an odd thing when McConnell comes off as a, you know, protector of the Constitution. He's not got much of a track record. He's not protecting the Constitution, is he? But compared... Well, that's what I'm saying. Compared to Schumer, I guess, you know, he's, uh, you know, like George Washington or something like How? that. How? I don't, I don't see that he's constitutional. I don't see that, that Cotton or McConnell are constitutional on this. The only constitutional well, one you, here is Rand uh, Paul and Mike Lee. They don't want to spend the money at all. Well, I, like I say, compared to him, uh, if you, you compare the two, McConnell and Schumer, you're probably going to get a 30 on the John Birch Society's numbers for McConnell. Okay, yeah, now you're broadening the discussion, for, though, to be all uh, their Schumer. record. I'm just talking about this bill here, but you're right. I, mean, I would say that a McConnell's probably more constitutional than a Schumer on the big scale of things. But in this bill, I don't see that one's more constitutional than the other, do you? Well, I see that uh, Mr. McConnell's pointing out that, you know, the bill ought to be about certain things and not putting all these other things in there. And, you know, I I think there's some truth to that. What should the bill be about? It would be about a lot less money than this, I think. And is uh, Schumer, I mean, is uh, McConnell asking for less money? Is that what he's talking about? Well, I know at the beginning, I remember when the president said he wanted uh, $3 billion. Uh, yeah, $2.8 billion or back, something. You know, a few weeks ago, um, the uh, Schumer said, no, no, you need like eight and a half. Yeah, and, and then, then the Republicans you know, signed off on the eight and a half. Trillion. Right? Well, uh, I think so, Sam, because what happens is they sit there and otherwise, uh, you know, you get the people saying, hey, no, nothing gets done, you know, if you guys keep just battling back and forth and nobody agrees on anything. You know? Yeah, there you go. Well, they better agree quickly so we can just rape the taxpayers. There you go. That's kind of what's happening. But I understand. So I'm, my whole point at the start was this. Neither side's constitutional. The battle's over who gets to spend the money their way. 
uh, really. And the battle isn't at all about how to solve the problems in America. I don't think a big bailout bill of $2 trillion is warranted at all in the first place. And I personally would vote against it. And I'm going to encourage all my representatives to vote against it. That's kind of where I stand, Kurt. All right. Very good. Catholic Bell Church. Bells are ringing, Kurt. Very good. Uh, let's see. I assume this is from uh, the. Well, it's your story for the 23rd, right? but yet it okay. says March Very 21st good. on the story. So. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, uh, the headline, as you said, uh, Chicago Catholic Church bells to ring five times a day as call to prayer during coronavirus outbreak. Um, I just thought it was nice to see that, uh, hey, somebody else is talking about prayer. Uh, you know, maybe the Catholic Church might even mention that the president asked for that uh, as well. Well, President Trump's been asking for it, and I don't, want, I don't know exactly what his religion uh, is, Kurt. I know he's Christian, but exactly what, you know, I don't know. But I commend the Catholics for this, and this is where we don't always talk about just the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We talk about all churches that are doing good. And in this case, it's the Catholics doing, in my mind, a phenomenal job. Uh, The bell rings five times a day for prayer, reminding everybody that we need to pray, and we need to pray hard, we need to pray together, we need to... And I commend their leadership, Kurt. I think it's phenomenal. I'm grateful for their involvement, for their leadership, for their efforts, and... You know, five times a day is an effort to be consistent, Kurt, but not just like extreme to where it gets ignored. You know, if it's like 300 times a day after a while, you just, you know, but I think five times a day is a very good reminder. And I think their prayers have tremendous power. Believe it or not, I believe prayer can do more for the prevention of the coronavirus than probably anything, especially when we compare it to that two trillion dollar package. I think the Catholics right here, Kurt. In Chicago are doing more with their prayers than the $2 trillion will do. That's just my opinion. But anyway, I commend them. I think it's phenomenal news. All right, any more on that one? Nope. All right, why this Nobel laureate predicts a quick recovery. We're going to be fine. Who is this, Kurt? Well, the guy's name is Michael Levitt, not... um you know, to be confused with the former uh, governor of Utah. Uh, but this, this guy's a, different a Nobel Michael laureate. Uh, yeah, Stanford biophysicist. What's a Nobel laureate anyway, Kurt? Somebody who's won the Nobel uh, Peace Prize? Or what, what is this? I think it might be somebody who gets uh, nominated for the Nobel Prize. I I'm see. not sure. I'm going to have to look that fancy word up. You have to look up it's laureate. A, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they say he began analyzing the number of these cases worldwide in January and correctly calculated that China would get through the worst of its coronavirus outbreak long before many health experts had predicted. Now he foresees a similar outcome in the U.S. and the rest of the world. I think he's right, and I think that's exactly why we need to back off of this, and we don't need to spend $2 trillion. We don't need to have the socialists calling other people extreme socialists. We need to stop this and back off. President Trump's right, so is this you know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still-industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, 
Quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Ladies and gentlemen, so this Nobel laureate, whatever that means. Anyway, this guy's a good dude. This he predicted is what it the means, end of the coronavirus uh, much faster. He predicted it in China and it came true, and he's predicting it uh, for other nations as well. And I say good on him, Kurt. Yeah, the definition apparently for laureate, L A U R E A T E, like we used to have a lariat, but no. Anyway, uh, this is, says a person who is honored with an award for outstanding creative or intellectual achievement. Um, All right, so it's know, not like the Nobel the Peace I don't Prize. Know that, but I never got one of those. A Nobel laureate, Nobel, Nobel, I guess, can have other awards, and this guy won one of them. Yeah. And he's predicting well, a quicker I, recovery. When, he says we're going to be fine, Kurt. When I got awarded a Nobel thing, it was like you didn't have a bell. But anyway, in this case, uh, yeah, Mr. Levitt, uh, he was, you know, kind of gives you a little bit more breakdown how this whole thing works. He says, think of the outbreak as a car racing down an open highway. Uh, although the car is still gaining speed, it's not accelerating as rapidly as before. He's talking about when the number of new deaths slows down, you know, instead of, uh, like he said, on January 31 there in China, they had 46 new deaths uh, compared with 42 the day before. And uh, he says uh, this suggests that the rate of increase in the number of deaths will slow down even more over the next week. That's what he wrote in a report to his friends uh, February 1 that was widely shared on Chinese social media. And he predicted the number of deaths would be decreasing every day. Three weeks later, Levitt told the China Daily News that the virus rate of growth had peaked. He predicted that the total number of confirmed cases in China would end up around 80,000 with about 3,250 deaths. Uh, This forecast, the LA Times piece says, turned out to be remarkably accurate as of March 16th, um, about eight days ago, China had counted a total of 80,298 
not too far off his number, and 3,245, you know, that's five off the number of deaths that he had. In a nation of nearly 1.4 billion people, where roughly 10 million die every year. But that was the big thrust um, of yesterday's whole program, that, you know what, we can't nationalize all these things, we can't executive order all these things, we can't shut down all these things, we can't spend all this money on all these things. We need to let the Constitution reign supreme. And we need to turn to God and family, and, and we need to basically let the free market reign, and we got to stop this extreme uh, push. And I think this guy nails it for the point that we're making, Kurt, very well. Yeah, he's the guy. Uh, by the way, I guess the reason he got that Nobel laureate is in 2013 he got it for chemistry. Um, so he and, might know uh, a little bit about you know, what he's talking about, huh? Well, it sounds like it, um, yeah. you know, and yeah. so he's analyzed all these data from 78 countries, uh, and uh, he basically says... Kind of like uh, we have and WorldNet Daily has and a bunch of other people that are making the same points, Kurt? Yeah. There's a lot I of us, so. you know. And I commend this guy. He's right as rain. But not many people are listening to us. They're ready to just battle over this $2 trillion fiasco um, is kind of the problem. All right, Kurt, what's Tylenol soup? Oh, Tylenol and uh, soup and the Internet. I got it. Okay. It was a joke. The, this is also, uh, <laughs> you know, another, yeah, very good, Sam. Tylenol, comma, soup, and the Internet, they say. Uh, this is according to the Baltimore Sun, Meredith Cohn. Uh, Tylenol, comma, soup, and the Internet can treat most symptoms of COVID-19. Uh, she puts in parentheses whether you have it or not. Um but anyway, I, I'd recommend the soup, um, you know, and uh, vegetables, etc. But, you know, stay off the drugs, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, whether it's Tylenol or otherwise, I think. Uh, anyway, that's pretty much that one. Sam. Well, her whole know. point is that, you know what, very simple solutions, whether you have something to reduce fever, something to reduce pain, something to, uh, you know, make you feel pampered and loved some bone broth and good stuff for you and the internet meaning just hang out and stay away from everybody and kind of just you know ride through the right out the sickness uh, is her point and i think it's a good one whether kurt wants the tylenol or not uh, whether i think vitamin c and vitamin d should be in the place of the tylenol point or you know that's here nor there the point that she's making is really the same point that this laureate's making right kurt seems like it and i think both of them are right Anheuser-Busch, Kurt, you, you like these guys now, don't you? Well, it's kind of unusual for me to, you know, suggest that Anheuser-Busch, the maker of Budweiser and all that stuff, would be, uh, you know, uh, getting a star on their forehead. But, yeah, the headline reads, Anheuser-Busch to produce, distribute hand sanitizer to Americans in need. Now, as far as I know, though, uh, they're not being forced to do this. Uh, I think... Um, you know they might be saying hey if we do this uh, you know we'll get we'll get some good coverage and uh, we might even make a buck or two by selling hand sanitizer you know if they're equipped to make alcohol they can always put put it in a something that's cleans your hands i guess i'll say and they're not the only ones kurt Good point. Um, yeah, the headline reads, uh, Coronavirus, colon, distilleries around the country divert operations to produce hand sanitizer. And I would simply say, if I added a stub headline, uh, when people are worried about getting sick, maybe they don't drink as much booze. But anyway, but 
you know, my, that's that'd be my subheadline. Uh, and so these guys can produce hand sanitizer and not worry about as much booze anyway. So that's and again, my response is good on them, Kurt. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather make, I'd rather have them making hand sanitizer than a lot of booze and stuff like that. And uh, you know, that just proves the free market is there, Kurt. And I think a lot of companies are finding unique and new ways to do things in our current situation. And that's why I say if you don't lock down too hard, you let the innovative brain, the genius of America work, the free market work, it's amazing what can be accomplished. There's a lot of companies and people that are talking about possibly making these respirators or these uh, ventilators too, Kurt. They say we don't have enough of them. And there's companies that are starting to work on making those too. And I, again, another great sign. All right, Donald Trump Couldn't praises the private more. sector. He and you, he, me and Donald are doing the same thing, Kurt. Well, that's right. Um, you know, the headline, Trump praises American private sector for stepping up to fight coronavirus. And, um, you know, I mean, when when you see, uh, it's, it's kind of like this deal. We saw that, uh, what was it, Amazon saying, hey, man, you can't sell that hand sanitizer on here that, you know, you're selling for a lot more than you bought it for. Um, hey, why not? Uh, you know, that's that's not the way the free enterprise works and and if the guy sold them like that pretty soon there'd be a bunch more other people saying hey i got some hand sanitizer for you and then the price would come down uh but you know the government and big business a lot of times just don't seem to understand private enterprise well i do think donald trump gets it and we just got to help donald trump not fall into the trap of the swamp that's around him that would try to get him off of that understanding and make him feel like, hey, when you're in government, you just always feel like you have to do something. You got to do something. You got to, you're irresponsible. You'll be attacked if you don't do something. Well, I agree with the private sector praise, and I agree with the private sector and the free market doing its thing. And if san- hand sanitizer costs $5 million a bottle for a couple of months until people come to their senses, maybe people won't buy it. Maybe people won't, okay, until it's reasonable. Or whatever. That's fine with me. You'd say, well, Sam, no, we need it right now. we got to have it right this second. No, you don't. What would be more for for, uh, you and your life, prayer or hand sanitizer? Right? Now, we're going to say this whole virus is going to, you know, kill us all or not based on hand sanitizer? You know, where, where do we go with this thing? All right. Two actresses slash musicians are in the news. Alicia Keys, Miley Cyrus. Kurt wants to talk about both of them, and they're great reasons, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So, do you know? Did you know who this Alicia Keys is? Kurt, she's was? a singer. Okay, a good okay, one too. You've heard her. You just don't realize it. <laughs> they say she's a Grammy winner. Yes, uh, she is winning singer. Uh, I don't think that means she's a grandma, but there's a. Uh, you know, Grammys. You know, they give them some awards. Uh, yeah, it's different than revealed, the Kurt. That's right. Well, it's kind of an award. But apparently uh, the headline goes, Alicia Keys' mother considered aborting her. Uh, And then she says, I'm so grateful to her for choosing me. And uh, so I guess uh, she chose to give her life. Um, And uh, in an interview with CBS, I mean, uh, Tracy Smith asked about how Keys' mother, uh, Terry, then uh, I guess she was a single paralegal uh, who nearly had an abortion after becoming pregnant from flight attendant Craig Cook, right? 
even her mother said to her, Terry, you never do anything easy. She was making a really big choice. And at the time, I'm sure she didn't even know why she was making that choice exactly. But she knew it. She knew that what she needed to do. Anyway, um, so it's nice to see that, uh, you know, it's kind of pro-life kind of story on uh, even on CBS, you know. I think it's neat that her mom kept her. And I think what a contribution yeah. to the world she's made, Kurt. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you would and like Alicia Keys, Kurt. Very good. I guess the singer, she's a mom, by the way. And I guess she's 39 years old. Um, she said that last year she struggled with her four-year-old son not wanting to appear in public with a rainbow manicure. Mm. Well, anyway, that's kind of interesting. Um, but uh, then you got uh, Miley Cyrus, who... You know, it's not always been a what uh, perfect example, nor is anyone else, I guess, except for Jesus. But the headline reads, Miley Cyrus talks reaffirming her relationship with God in coronavirus live stream. I don't think that's going to get a lot of coverage. But, Kurt, think? this, in my opinion, is one of the grand benefits. Now, I'm not saying I want this virus to happen by any means, but I'm saying a lot yeah. of good is coming from it, though. People are turning to God. Right. People are starting to pray. People are starting to reassess in their lives what matter the most. People are starting to take their loved ones, yeah. not for granted, but for, you know, you know, the relationships that they really are. People are starting to apologize to people and contact people they maybe have been estranged from. And, you know, people are starting to think maybe I should attend church. Maybe I should, you know, heed the clarion call of the Catholic Church in Chicago or the Catholic. Um, what's it called? Yeah. Church bells ring five times to, you know, yeah. hey, consider prayer. I wanted to make sure I had it right. I didn't know if it was a church or a cathedral. I, I, I just mean to be respectful. That's all. And uh, anyway, all I'm saying is that, you know, people are changing, Kurt. And I think it's a good thing. And I think it's a re restart, a rebirth, a rechance, another chance. Whatever you want to say uh, for people and for Miley Cyrus. It certainly is. And I'm glad that she's talking about reaffirming her relationship with God. I think that. All of us could be blessed by turning to God. More of it, ladies and gentlemen, is all I'm saying. There's a lot of great news. I'm going to tell you about some people that walked into a bunch of restaurants recently, Kurt, too, um, because of the coronavirus, and we'll tell you what they did. There's a lot of good stuff going on, folks, and we do need to celebrate it. We can't just go negative. And we had to highlight that the government and uh, some governments around the world are involved in bioweapons, and that's what this is. we got to stop the socialists from destroying the country, no doubt. Uh, but there's a lot of good things happening by a lot of good people we're going to tell you about as well. As hour two comes up and hour one's in the can. By the way, localhoneyman.com, if you want to get raw honey delivered to your, directly to your door, that business is still up and running. Localhoneyman.com. For Sam and Kurt, God save the Republic of the United States of America.